in today's world, the way that hate has become so profitable. The system is set up so that whether you're for it or against it, you're still contributing to it. And I think it's really hard for people to understand, which is like, you see something hateful about someone or something, you then end up sharing it, saying, oh, look what they've done now, look what, they, look what so-and-so said. But by sharing it, you're fueling the fire. So the yeah, best thing yeah. to do is to be able to be aware enough to go, I reject this, I'm going to push this out of my life, I'm not going to share it with somebody else. Why the hell would I share something that I hate with somebody else? Yeah. I'm going to share the good stuff. Yeah. And then collectively we can flip the whole, yeah. the whole thing. And then suddenly compassion, love and empathy becomes the driving force rather than hate. Yeah. Sorry, I got a little bit, a little bit, a little bit deep there. One of the drawbacks to being in conservative media, be that radio, podcasting, blogging, television, newspapering, whatever. And I suppose it applies to everything, but for some reason, I'm not sure why, but it seems to really come home in, in conservative media is the way we are driven by the supposed outrage of the day. You know what I'm talking about? The, the thing that somebody said, the meme that someone posted, the article that says that so-and-so said this or did that or you know what the president did or didn't do or whatever. But there's always, it, it's like every day, there is some outrageous thing that I'm supposed to be mad about. And if I'm not mad about it, well, why am I not paying attention? What's going to happen to my ratings, my downloads? Everybody's talking about this, Dave. Don't you get it? The problem with this, of course, is that 90% of the time, if not more than that, whatever the manufactured outrage of the day or the week is, is exactly that. It's a manufactured thing that with a little bit of thought process, a little bit of, hey, can I think about this for a minute before I react? would go a long way to, I don't know, calming us down a little bit. I'm supposed to be outraged. The problem that I find myself more and more in is that I'm supposed to be outraged, but frankly, I'm not. And what is it this week I'm supposed to be outraged about? Prince Harry. Prince Harry. Henry the Ninth, as he might have been known once upon a time before uh, a lot of things changed and he's probably never going to be king. Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, are, they're just bizarre people, folks. I mean, they really are. I'm not, I'm not begrudging them anything. I, I get that he had an unhappy childhood, that he lost his mother. I, I get all that. I get that he comes from a place of privilege and that, he grew up in another country. But today I'm supposed to be outraged because he said the First Amendment is bonkers. You've probably seen this. I know that there are conservative websites that have multiple arguments about this, uh, multiple articles about this. Prince Harry said that the First Amendment is, is bonkers. And of course, the memes are, are wonderful. You know, like the Samuel, ja Samuel L. Jackson one. I don't recall asking you, MFR. 
<sighs> along with the I haven't cared what the royal family has to say since 1776 and all that kind of stuff. And, and the conservative outrage is palpable and thick. We don't care what, what Prince Harry has to say. He doesn't get the First Amendment. He doesn't understand it. He thinks it's bonkers. And of course, we're all outraged by this, and we're all making sure we point out that the reason we have a First Amendment is so that royals, monarchs, can't suppress our free speech. And of course, he doesn't get it because he's one of them. And that's great. The problem is, of course, how many of you people that reposted those articles... How many of you that made those memes, which are funny, I'm not going to take that away from you. I think they're, they're brilliant. But how many of you actually listened to the entire interview in which this statement, which occupies a grand total of about one second, lasted? Is that really what he actually said? And yes, I will stipulate that he actually uttered the words, the First Amendment is bonkers. I... He said that. Of course, the problem is that the context in which he said that was a little bit different than it's being presented in the media. I'm no defender of the royal family. I don't care. I don't really give a flying flip what Prince Henry has to say, Harry has to say about anything. Frankly, as I've said already, Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, are what I constantly refer to as attention whores. And attention whores gonna attention whore. That's what they do. But if you've listened to this interview, and for reasons that might seem unexplainable at first, but hopefully by the time I finish this, you'll understand, I have listened to the entire interview three times. That's three hours of listening to somebody else's show that I have invested so that I could tell you what I think about Prince Harry and the outrage of the week that he said the First Amendment is bonkers. So don't say I didn't get his context, I don't get his meaning. I've done my homework here. Listen, attention whores are going to attention whore. It's what they do. And if you were to listen to this show in its entirety, you would quickly discover that this show, that again, as a fellow podcast is an attention horror show. That's what it is. I had no idea who Dax Shepard even is. I, I'd never heard of the guy until Mother's Day of this year, which is before, just slightly before the outrage of the week, Prince Harry said the First Amendment is bonkers, occurred. Dax who? I mean, the only Dax I knew was Lieutenant Dax on Deep Space Nine names their kid Dax. At any rate, apparently he's a big actor. I've never seen any of his movies, or if I had seen any of his movies or have seen any of his movies, I, I didn't recognize him for who he was. I don't know anything about him. Except that on Mother's Day of this year, Dax Shepard posted a naked picture of his wife, Kristen Bell, who my wife assures me I know who is. I don't think I do, but she says I do, so I have to. I have to uh, stipulate for. I have to allow for her stipulation that I do know that. He posted a picture of his wife, Kristen Bell, naked, on Instagram, to celebrate Mother's Day. 
Now, look, I, I, I'm not telling you what to do, what not to do. What I'm saying is that is an attention whore move. That is something attention whores do. They attention whore. He posted a naked picture of his wife. I presume with her permission, based on her reaction to the picture, uh, on the internet. Oh, Dave, they put a black thing over her ass. Okay, great. Is this still something that I need to open up my Instagram on Mother's Day and see? The whole show in which Henry, Harry, I keep calling him Henry, sorry, because Henry's his real name. Harry's his nickname. Um, I, I keep mentioning this, sh- the, this show because this is the show where he uttered those words. The First Amendment is bonkers. And everybody in the conservative universe is going over it without any discussion of the context in which he said that or what they were actually talking about when he said that. This entire show was, is, because you can listen to it for yourself. I've linked it up on the page today. I don't recommend that unless you just have an hour and you don't have a hammer with which to hit yourself over the head. But if you wanted to, you could listen to it and you will be amazed by these people who managed to turn the same problems that you and I have faced in our entire lives into somehow or another some supreme challenge that they had to overcome. Because, and it was harder for them because they're rich and famous and you're not. And if you only understood how hard it was for rich and famous people to overcome the same simple problems that you might have overcome by going to, I don't know, AA or whatever, then you would, you would feel much better for them. You would understand what they're trying to say to you. And I guess one of the more surprising things about them is the way they worship Oprah Winfrey. My God. Thank God for the Oprah. If it wasn't for the Oprah, none of these people would have ever had a successful life. Somehow or another, the Oprah has a book out, and I've never read it because I'm not going to read Oprah books, that explained to these people how they had been abused as children, how they'd been triggered as children, and how they could proceed to overcome this problem that they've had because they're rich and special and you're not. With the help of Oprah. Oh, you got to read Oprah's book. He says at one point, Dax Shepard says to Prince Harry at one point, you got to read Oprah's book. I know you've read it already. Harry's like, no, I haven't. He says, well, listen to it on tape. That's what I do. And then he actually says to them, well, I, I don't know why I tell you that. Maybe you want to read it. I presume they taught you how to read. And everybody has a great laugh. ha, ha, ha. This is an hour plus of look at how great we are. And I don't mean Prince Harry. I mean Dax Shepard and whoever his partner is on this show, because I don't even know. It is literally about how we are really super people who have overcome so much in our lives. And look, we've got, we're so good. We've got Prince Harry here in our studio and we're going to tell him our life story. We're going to use him for, as our therapist. He's going to listen to us tell him what we've been through. And that's what they do. Look, the podcast 
dilemma. And and I I got to be careful here what I say because I I love podcasting. I love being on the radio, but I got to be honest with you, being on a podcast is much more freeing. It's much more personal. It is one-on-one communication. If you're listening to this right now, the most likely way you're listening to this is with headphones in your ear. It's you and me. That's it. It's almost as if you and I are having a conversation. You're listening to me talk. You're my Prince Harry. It's very personal. It's very one-on-one. It can be very cathartic. I will tell you that with my own experience. It can be very clearing in in, in a lot of ways. I can get a lot of things off my chest. I will tell you right now that there are at least 20 shows just from the past probably two years that you'll never hear because I sat here and I vented about things that were bothering me personally and it felt so good. And then I thought, yeah, I just, uh, I just don't really want my audience to know that much about what I'm going through. It's nothing personal. It's not that I don't like you. It's not that I don't trust you. And some of you do know because you've gotten to know me and you've heard me off these things. You've talked to me about, but some of you don't. Podcasting can be very personal. It can be very cathartic. But how much is real versus how much is just attention whoring? How much of it is just, I just want to tell you this about me so you'll understand how great I am. I can promise you that I will never share most of my personal issues with you. There are things that I have talked about, but they're always relevant and tied to my opinions and my thinkings about things that are going on. They're always, if it's not relatable to that, if it's just, you know, something that's happening in the family or the job or the business or whatever, I'm not going to share that with you because you don't care. And even if you do care, you got better things to do with your time which is exactly my point about this podcast with Prince Harry and Dax Shepard. You've got better things to do with your time than listen to that whole thing so that you can be outraged about what Prince Harry said. It's so much easier just to read an article on the American thinker or somebody's meme and go, Prince Harry said that. Who cares what Prince Harry says? Prince Harry doesn't get it because he doesn't, he's a Britter, Britain, Britain, Royal family. And they're the very reason that there is America. And while all that might be true, you'll never understand the context of what he was saying. Which was, essentially, he was deeply concerned or is deeply concerned about the fact that social media and internet giant companies are redefining laws and rewriting laws and controlling freedom of speech under the protection of Congress and the courts for their own advantage and to take things from you, your money, your privacy, your speech. That's bonkers, he said. And for the record, I agree with him. It is bonkers. What's even more bonkers is I'm supposed to be outraged about this without ever having heard the whole thing. And I'm telling you right now, that's never gonna work, folks. We're gonna look stupid. We're gonna look like morons. We're gonna look like people who trust the Oprah to solve our problems, instead of thinking for ourselves. Which is really all that he was saying. 
Wouldn't it be so much better if people would just think for themselves? Getting kind of deep here, huh?